This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Time for another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Another bonus edition with our guy Ken Barkley, of course, of You Better You Bet, uh, powered by BetMGM. Catch them weekdays if uh, you're a part of the BetQL radio network or just check out their podcast. Uh, always a fun listen. And a congratulations goes out to Ken Barkley. Follow him on Twitter at Lockie Lockerson uh, as they made the top 20 on Jason Barrett's uh, Top Shows Award. Uh, in in the USA and in the radio world, that's a big deal. And you are the only show uh, from the gambling realm of radio that made that top 20. So congratulations to you and Nick. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, we're just uh, a couple of degenerates crashing the party, apparently, is, uh, is what's going on. It's, it is, it's, uh, yeah, it was an honor. I, I, I don't think either Nick or I expected to be on the list or even that, like, are we even eligible because we're a betting show? But um, clearly there's a ton of interest in the in the space now, and I'm coming on with you every week, right? So clearly there's a ton of interest in uh, in the kind of stuff that we do. And, like, this week is probably the – like, if you, if you bet on sports even casually or you even know people who bet on sports casually – uh, this is probably a week where you're involved, I guess is the right way to put it. I, I might be wrong on this, but I'm convinced if I took you and Costos and put you on a classic rock station and said, go do a morning show, no sports, just go do a morning show, I think you guys would both still be highly entertaining because the chemistry is so good. Well, we uh, we spent about 40 minutes. We were talking about the Rihanna halftime props that got sure. posted. And then actually a bunch of books took them off the board. The rehearsals, usually they're on Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know which day they're on this year. So usually people actually know like what the first song is going to be, what the last song is going to be. And they just start betting it aggressively uh, or as aggressively as you can. So those got taken down, but we spent about 40 minutes going through them yesterday. And to your point, we basically, every time Nick said one of the songs, I just started singing whatever the Rihanna song was, like off the top of my head. And then we did her, for some reason, we like Flo Rida a lot on our show. Like we're a big Flo Rida yeah. show apparently. And we had the argument, like who's 10 best songs is like who has the best ten? Basically, is it Flo Rida or Rihanna? And it was actually like more of an argument. I was like, well, it has to be Rihanna. That's right. like crazy. And then it actually he went through the ten Flo Rida songs, and I was like, I like like eight of those songs. Wow. Like those are really good songs. So just you know, somehow Flo Rida came into the picture. I don't know. But to your point, 
could probably do a, a radio show, and I guess it would. I guess it would go okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just highly entertaining. I just, I think you guys are great. All right, so the Super Bowl coming up: uh, your Chiefs and Eagles. Uh, using BetQL, of course, for my odds. Uh, Philadelphia favored by uh, a point and a half uh, in this one. An over under set at fifty one. Uh, and every seemingly former player that I am paying attention to is picking the Eagles in kind of a route here of Kansas City. I have a hard time believing uh, that Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City is going to get routed by anyone at this point. Uh, how do you see this game? I think I think the game's fascinating. First of all, like sometimes we get Super Bowls and we have to pretend that they're more interesting than they are. Like we yeah. really have to work at it sometimes, and you know that obviously working in the industry for so long. Right. Sometimes you got to work at it. Like no, no, this game's awesome because this and this. Like. I don't, I don't know anybody who was showing up to Carolina, Denver, being like, this is like one of the best games I've ever, and it just, and from a betting standpoint, it was actually awesome because Denver plus points was like so fun if you end up betting it for a terrible game, you know, Bears, Colts going back along, like sometimes you show up to these Super Bowls and it's like, all right, whatever. Um, you know, a lot of them were blowouts historically. I, I'm legitimately excited for this one. I legitimately, like, I, I, either team winning wouldn't surprise me. I think the handicap of at least the side of the game is still the same, which is just the Chiefs have the best football player in history, and the Eagles are better better literally everywhere else on the field, which is probably why when you talk to so many players, you said that they were like, well, the Eagles are going to route them because it seems on paper like the Eagles are going to be so dominant at the line of scrimmage, right? It's just like, how is – how is this this thing that's been their advantage the entire season? Do the Chiefs have enough, whether it's like Chris Jones and Frank Clark on the defensive line or this rebuilt offensive line? Remember, like we talked about this last week, too, the reason they rebuilt this offensive line is they ran into an Eagles-like team a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, a really complete team, Tampa Bay, who completely dismantled them at the line of scrimmage. That's why this offensive line exists. So this is the test. And uh, I don't know if they're going to pass it or not. I honestly don't know. I tell you what, I do feel a little more confident in the more we've talked about it this week is the under in the game. And I know that's like kind of contrarian and surprising. Like, well, wait, it's Mahomes, the Eagles offense. Like, why are we betting the under? Just something about these two teams that's kind of striking. I'd actually be surprised if there's a lot of explosive plays in this game. Uh, The Eagles do a really good job limiting explosive plays down the field. The Chiefs all year have actually generated, like, very few explosive pass plays. I think we all still think it's, like, Tyreek Hill and down the field and all that stuff. And it's, like, eight-yard passes, like, the whole way and runs. And I just think this is going to be one of those games where both teams have really long, time-consuming drives. And maybe they score on all of them. That's possible. But I think like 20 to 20, the teams are going to move the ball a lot, but it's going to take some time. They're not going to be a lot of explosive plays because of the two defenses and how they're built. And it's like, all right, like maybe they can score really efficiently, but I don't know how many possessions there are going to be in this game if we have like eight minute drives all over the place. So I kind of like the under for that reason. I don't think it's going to be 10, seven or anything, but um, I think 51, maybe a little bit too high. Ken, how much do you look at coaching when you've got, you know, numbers that are very close like this one is between two teams uh, in a football game, whether it be the Super Bowl or another game, because it feels like to me Sirianni gets no credit for what's going on in Philadelphia. Andy Reid is Andy Reid, so everybody's going to give him a lot of credit, even though, you know, he was known as a choke for majority of his career. But now that he's won a Super Bowl, people are back on the Andy Reid bandwagon. How much credit or how much stock do you put into the coaching matchup when you're talking about a game like this? I think, I mean, obviously it should be considered, of course, right? You know, if you had a if you had Belichick going against the coach who had like never been in the game before or something like here's someone with the most experience imaginable in the Super Bowl. And I mean, like, yeah, Andy Reid has obviously been to, to multiple Super Bowls. So it's, it's not, I guess it's sort of the same thing. 
for me, coaching usually comes into play when it's like a, a point spread is of a certain type and like coaches tend to like play games a certain way. Right. So you have a coach who likes to play really conservatively. A lot of times that coach is like a pretty good bet as a big underdog in situations because they'll kick field goals. They'll keep the game close. Like they'll punt in kind of aggressive situations and that allows the game to be played at like a 13, 10 kind of a game. Maybe if that's, yeah, if that coach is a touchdown dog against some teams, that might be really valuable. The problem with both these coaching staffs is like, well, first of all, the point spread is basically zero. So there's no like uh, trend or advantage to sort of play a coach one way. So you're really just betting the winner of the game. And these are two really accomplished coaches this year who win a lot of games. So I, I think it's just, I don't know if there is a coaching edge necessarily. I think both coaching staffs are really, really good. One obviously has more experience, but that doesn't mean that Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon and these guys like can't figure this out. I mean, they've had, you know, if Jalen Hurts didn't get hurt, they were probably on pace to have one of the great regular seasons in the history of the league. I mean, that has to count for a lot too. So I, I mean, coaching matters. I'll never tell you it doesn't matter. I just don't know like that it would lead me to a valuable bet with these two coaching staffs. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so let's talk about the prop side of things uh, because this is where the the casual bettors and the non-bettors that bet one time a year, this is where they get involved. Like you bring up Rihanna, talk about the national anthem and so forth. You have a couple of your favorite prop bets in this game that you can help out uh, us casuals out here. <laughs> well, the the prop sheet is extensive, as you uh, as you know. Yes. We uh, we they have a I call it, we do this segment on our show this week out here in Arizona called the Blue Sheet. And it's basically this packet of BetMGM uh, props, and it's like 17 pages. And I actually numbered all of them. There were 94 markets that BetMGM had open. And Nick, on our show, I just say, like, get, pick a number between 1 and 94. And he says the number, and I just tell him what that market is, and we talk about it on the show. So he, like, doesn't even know what he's picking. He'll be like, 58. And I'll be like, oh, well, will there be a blocked punt in the game? Yes or no? And we'll just kind of talk about it. So it just gives you an idea of just how much stuff there is to bet on uh this is a player who's been very popular this week but i i don't care and i i think he's like could actually have a monster game even despite the fact that everybody likes him i like travis kelsey a lot in the game uh i think the eagles aren't necessarily constructed to take away like his skill set as much as they're constructed to do a lot of other things really well just because of how the eagles draft how they kind of deploy they're great defensive players. They have two great boundary corners. They have an obviously an awesome defensive line with like four edge rushers that have 10 plus sacks. Middle of the field can kind of attack them there, basically. And it's not that, you know, the Chiefs are going to win because of that. And it's not like they don't know Travis Kelsey's awesome. Of course they know Travis Kelsey's awesome, but so does everyone else. And he's still able to have a lot of success when he plays. His props are basically just going up and up and up. I think his catches prop is seven and a half now, and the yards is around 80. Um, if those are not palatable to you, if you're like, man, those numbers seem really high, you can still find him. And this is another bet I haven't heard anybody give out. He's like 14 to 1, 15 to 1 to be Super Bowl MVP still in some places. I think a lot of people think Mahomes just wins. 
if like both of them have really good games. But the way the storytelling of this Super Bowl has gone and like the weeks leading up to it, it's like the two of them as a tandem is basically how all the storytelling has gone. Obviously, Kelsey, like with the speech after they beat the Bengals on the field, yep. calls out the mayor of Cincinnati, standing ovation at all the sporting events. Like he and his brother is a huge storyline. Two tight ends are going to be a part of the telecast. Uh, Greg Olson will call the game with Kevin Burkhardt and Rob Gronkowski will be in the studio. It feels like it's all set up to at least give a lot of shine to this guy who might be the best tight end of all time. And that, Matt, it sounds like, oh, well, that's all like hot air. That's not the game. Okay, but the voting is done by reporters and the fans yep. for Super Bowl MVP. You don't think they're locked into this stuff? You don't think they care? about this stuff. So I actually think Kelsey could win Super Bowl MVP a little more than people think. Mahomes already has one. I think that matters too. So they will, they'll feel okay about giving it to somebody else. Um, I like Kelsey a lot in the game to do really good stuff. Everybody else does too. I don't care. I do too. And I actually think he could win Super Bowl MVP. It's crazy because you bring up this non-quarterback winning an MVP in the Super Bowl. And I didn't realize it at the time, uh, but it's it, it seems more incredibly rare now than it did maybe when it happened. When Desmond Howard won MVP for that Packers Super Bowl, and it wasn't Brett Favre, to have a, a pretty much a special teams player who played a little wide receiver win an MVP, I mean, that just is not going to happen very often in the NFL with the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're totally right. Uh, the last You know who the last running back to win Super Bowl MVP was? No. Terrell Davis. Oh, the yeah. last Super Bowl MVP running back. Yeah. So there, uh, there have been, I think, seven in history, and six of them are Hall of Famers. I think something like that. There's been a lot of shine on Kenny Gainwell from the Eagles this week to like pop and have this huge game. I'm not in on that. I think the Eagles do a really good job rotating running backs, kind of Patriots like keeping you off balance with what they're going to do. Like I would, I would pass the running backs to your point about a non-quarterback winning Super Bowl MVP. I passed the running backs completely. Uh, I passed the defensive players in like a, to- a game with a total of 51, especially. The likelihood that one of them wins, I think, is lower than in a game like Panthers-Broncos where Von Miller won. So you're kind of left with the skill position and the receivers. And I-, I agree with you on the non-quarterback, but like if you were to look at the players who weren't quarterbacks who did win, I mean, it's Cooper Cup last year, it's Julian Edelman, it's Deion Branch. Like, what did all these players have in common? High usage receivers, like got a ton of targets, ton of usage, multiple touchdowns. Like, Kelsey is by far, like A.J. Brown's a great player. Kelsey is by far the most likely player to have stats like that in this game. He is Ken Barkley. Follow him on Twitter, Lockie Lockerson. Uh, check out their uh, show, You Better, You Bet. Again, they're live from uh, right there in Arizona where the Super Bowl is being held, uh, live from the MGM Casino that is there. And uh, always a pleasure to have you on. Look forward to having you on uh, throughout the year. Ken, thanks so much, man. Uh, safe travels back home. Thanks, Barkey. Appreciate it.